You ready to hear the word? He's been a member here for 22 years plus, an elder for a long time, and we're so blessed to have he and Marietta as part of this congregation. So without any further ado, he needs no introduction. Elder Greg Harrell is coming to bring the word. Good morning. Good morning, church. So I forgot to bring Marietta's Bible in, and she has a word, so I'm going to stall a little bit here, because <laughs> I do need her to bring the word, but while I'm stalling a little bit, um, a lot of people have actually asked me about this thing here. A lot. A lot of people have asked me about it. So, so here's what happened. I just want to tell you guys how this went down. I got up into the barber chair, and I, I told the, the, the guy that was cutting my hair, I said, hey, let's do something different. Just go ahead and cut all the gray out. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't get done until uh, I surrendered. So anyway, yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened. <laughs> well, praise God. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us while I'm waiting for Marietta to come back in and um, just dedicate this time of the word to God because uh, he deserves it, right? So join me in prayer. Um, Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to gather in this place like this, Lord. Father, I, I pray for myself, Lord, that uh, you would give me the exact words to speak to your people. I thank you that you've already done that, but I just want to hear exactly what you want delivered, Father. Father, I thank you for the people that are hearing this message. I ask right now that you would prepare their heart to receive all that you have for them today and that they would walk out of this place not only refreshed, but energized and encouraged and ready to go in this world that you have, uh, that, uh, you have placed us in, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So um, there's a theme, I think, that's developing during the course of this year, 2022. We... We all thought that if we could just make it through 2020, we'd be okay. And then we thought, well, maybe if, uh, if we could make it through 2021, that'd be, we'd be really getting somewhere. And um, here we are in 2022. And <sighs> here we are. So we're going to make it. Thank you, Lord, because we're going to make it. Amen. So I, uh, at the beginning of this year, just as the, as the clock struck midnight, literally, uh, and I don't want this to sound pious. Please don't. This is not pious. Um, Marietta and I were praying with some other people, and Marietta got a word, and I want her to come bring it. The word I heard, it was almost as if it was, an, it was echoing in my head, and the word was fearless. Fear less. We must be fearless. And we're to be fear or be in awe of and revere only God. Fearless. There is coming a great harvest. Some will be laborers in the harvest and some will be disciplers. We must all be prepared 
practically and spiritually, to both labor and disciple others to make disciples themselves. Salvation must have foundation to produce fruit 100-fold. Think about that. Salvation must have foundation in order to produce fruit 100-fold. We are in revival. We are. And this requires us to lay down our will and submit to God's will. More of him, less of us. With this sacrifice, we will see the Holy Spirit's power flow through us. If you lay down your will and submit to God's will, you will see the Holy Spirit's power flow through you. Do you believe it? Do you receive it? Thank you, Father. Again, fear only him. Be fearless. Amen. So today, the, the word that God has given me to speak to you is fear not, fear not. And this is literally one of those words that was downloaded a few weeks ago to me by the Holy Spirit. Um, before we get into the word itself, and if you want to, you can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2, because we'll be starting off there. But first off, I want to, since this is confession time, obviously I had to confess for leaving the word of the Lord in the truck. Anyway, um, I want to I confess about the time that I was the most scared in my entire life. Go ahead and throw up that, that slide. This is the uh, Coast Guard Cutter Eagle. It's the only sailing vessel in the US military. It's 295 feet long. You can go ahead and scroll through to the next one. Um, it has 22,000 square feet of sails. It displaces about 2,000 tons. The mast that you see on the, the foremast and the mizzenmast, the two, the two up front, um, it's, it's called a bark-rigged vessel. Leave that right there for a minute. It's called a bark-rigged vessel, and um, there's actually five miles of lines that it takes to sail that thing, and uh, 200, five miles of rigging, and 200 lines that you actually have to know what to do to get that thing going. Um, as soon as you get on board that vessel, I had the honor to serve on this vessel for a bit. Um, as soon as you get on board, it's still at the dock. The first thing that they make you do, um, and, and I can remember this like it was yesterday. Um, you get on board, and you're wearing a ball cap, and, and they make you do what they call crawl over the top of the mast. The mast itself is about 15 stories tall. Um, that, that doesn't sound like a lot, but what I have to tell you is you see those lines that are there? Go ahead and go to the next slide, please. See the lines there? You can see that the, 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 the folks have their hands on the lines that are running um, vertically, and then they're stepping in these lines that are horizontal. Those lines that are going vertically are called ratlins, and so you start crawling, and, and when you first 
go, start to go aloft, well, there's a couple of things that happen, but when you first start to go aloft, everything's cool. It's kind of wide. It's not too bad. But as you get higher and higher, what happens is that these ratlins begin to get narrower and narrower, and there's less place for your feet. As a matter of fact, as you get to the very top of the mast, what happens is that they actually bring another ratlin in from a, a different side, and you have to transition over, and you're cl crawling up to the top. And this is the time when I first went aloft and had to crawl over the top. And they don't make it easy, let me tell you. They don't make it easy for you. What they do is they, they tell you, okay, take off your ball cap. So you take off your ball cap. Anything that's loose in your pockets, you have to take out and put in your ball cap, except for one thing. It's a rigging knife that is actually tied to your belt because you might need the rigging knife as you, as you work aloft. But everything else has to be out of your pocket. The reason is, is that as you're working on deck, if you were to drop something from aloft, it could go right, it could really put a hurt on somebody that's on the deck. So you get up there, and I have to tell you, this is the, this is the time. The first time I did that is the most, I, I remember it like it was yesterday, because as I was transitioning with those ratlins, and I was going up, and, and you get up there, and now the ratlins are about like this. There's hardly any place to put your feet and you're up there, the, the vessel, you look at the vessel below, and it looks little. It's 295 feet long, but it looks little. Um, but you have to do it. And this is some of the guys that are out there on the rigging on one of the yard arms. You can see you're literally just suspended in, in midair. Everything seems copacetic when you're doing it like this because, hey, no problem there. But when you're at, at sea, and this is the other thing that is so stinking scary because they brief you about this. Um, um, so when you're at sea and you're under sail, the vessel is actually heeled over like this. And so you may fall down and you may hit the, and you're not wearing any life jacket or anything. If you're lucky, you'll hit the water, but they can't turn the vessel around. So there's a, there's a thing called the ready boat crew because it's a sailing vessel. It takes forever to to make a 180, there's a ready boat crew so that if you go in the water, they launch the ready boat and hopefully they can find you if you don't splat. So it's either splat or splash. I mean, either one of them are pretty bad. But it was pretty scary. It's the, it's the, the first time I went aloft is the scaredest that I have ever been in my life, ever. You know, so. Let's go to the word, and we'll circle back to the eagle here in a little bit. I want to start in Genesis. I'm going to actually read from Genesis 2, 15 through 17. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And we'll drop down to verse 25. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, 
Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it. And then she adds her editorial comment, Nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for, for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Just think about that. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, Where are you? So he said, that is Adam, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he, God, said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Now, we all know this story, and, and we know that Romans 5, in Romans 5, Paul writes that, that through this one act that, that sin and death entered the entire world. Through this one thing, sin and death entered the entire world. But what we don't look at when we read this uh, sometimes, and, and this is what one of the things that God has showed me, that, but there were a lot of other things that entered in as a result of this one, uh, of this one picture. So what happened? Well, first of all, the serpent came in and brought deceit, lying with him. Into paradise, the serpent came in with deceit. Straight up. When Adam and Eve listened to the lie and they came into agreement with the lie, what were they effectively doing? They were effectively calling the Most High God a liar. And this is part of the big problem. Now, Genesis 2.25 that we just read says that Adam and Eve were naked and they were not ashamed. But after their disobedience, what happened? Well, they realized that they were naked. They became self-aware. That's something that's really not good. And as a matter of fact, God tells them, who told you you were naked? So God knew that something, something was bad news here. So shame came in through this one act. And really the biggest thing and the thing that I have to deal with today is fear came in. As a matter of fact, I think about this story here and I think, think about this. This is paradise. This is perfection. This is creation the way that God made it to be. There is no problem that is taking place in the Garden of Eden. As a matter of fact, it's so good that God comes to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden. Isn't that cool? That is so cool. But what happens as a result of the fall, um, 
is that Adam and Eve realize that they have, now they have to deal with fear, they have to deal with shame, they're dealing with deceit, they're dealing with all of these things that are not good. Sin, obviously, death now, for sure. As a matter of fact, I think it's so bad that when God asked the question of Adam, think about this. Adam literally had to come up with a word uh, for shame. He had to coin a word for shame. There's no shame. He's got to, you know, just like he named all the animals. Well, uh, God, we were ashamed. And he had to coin a word for afraid. There was no fear in the garden. There was no fear in the way that God created creation. No fear. He had to come up with the word. And because of this fear and shame, literally what Adam and Eve did is their response was clear. What did they do? They separated themselves from the Most High God. They were created to be in relationship with God, and as soon as they disobeyed, they knew that they had to separate themselves from God, and we have been living with that issue ever since. We've been living with separation from the Lord. We've been living with, obviously, sin and death. We've been living with shame and fear. So the, the issue today that I have to deal with, fear has been a part of our lives since the fall. This is not what God wants. Absolutely not what the Lord wants. He doesn't want fear in our lives. So God set in motion a plan to redeem man from all of this mess. And God set in motion a plan to restore each of us into his presence. Pretty complex plan, but it is the plan that worked. Amen. Now, church, we're living in a time where we have... On the surface of it, plenty to fear. Plenty to fear. You can't turn on the news media, and I don't care whether you look at the alternative media or you look at the mainstream media or whatever it's even called today. But one of the things that I notice that is if, if you do turn it on, I, I tend not to, but if you do turn it on, they have these things called, I think they call them splash banners running across the bottom. And those splash banners, if you look at them closely, you can watch the news kind of run by, but it's not just the news. Oh, no, brother and sister, you watch what's going on the bottom of that thing. There's a person out there that's blah, 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 telling you what, the, telling you what you're supposed to believe. But across the bottom, it is one continuous stream of fear. How many people got sick? How many people died in this war? How much uh, is gas prices going up? How much are gas prices going up? I mean, it is one continuous stream of fear. And make no mistake about it, the devil, the enemy that we have, that we face every day, is depositing that message into the world. Because he knows that through fear, he can certainly 
do a lot to manipulate the people, right? <clears throat> There's plenty of, plenty of reasons for us to be fearful right now. I wish that that wasn't the case, but, you know, the interesting thing is that God told us that these things would come. These times would be here. He revealed them to us. I'm going to read uh, a passage from um, Luke 21. You don't have to turn there, but just listen to this. This is Jesus telling his disciples before he, before he goes to the cross and then ultimately be resurrected. He wants to tell the disciples what's coming. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified. For these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences. Brothers and sisters, I wish he would have just said pestilence right there. But no, it's the plural form of this word. And there will be fear, fearful sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Therefore, settle it in your hearts not to mediate, meditate beforehand on what you will answer. Very powerful statement from Jesus right there. And then he continues on down in verse 25. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. Wow. Come on. Yeah. With perplexity. Are we facing some perplexing times right now? The sea and the waves roaring, and check this out. This is where I'm going. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Men's hearts will fail in those days as we, from fear. Holy smokes. These are the days, brothers and sisters, that we're living in. I really believe that. We're already in to these times. And so what we have to know is that, you know, just like we, man, if we can get through 2020, it's going to be good. And if we can get through 2021, it's going to be good. And now we're in 2022, and I, in a lot of ways, brothers and sisters, I hate to say it, but it ain't good. I believe that the Lord has showed me that it's not good, and it's not going to get good. Sorry. But God, hallelujah. But God. But God. God did not want any of us 
to live in fear. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, as I was researching this word, um, I came across something on the internet. Therefore, it must be true. (laughs) Pardon me while I laugh a minute. So the internet said that there are 365 fear not passages in this book. 365 fear not passages in this book. And as I was researching the word, I think that they have fallen way, way, way short. As a matter of fact, this book, as I read it, is full of admonitions to do not fear. Don't be afraid. Fear not. First John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Well, okay, there's no fear in love. There's no fear in God, right? That's exactly what it's telling us. Because fear involves torment. So where would the fear come from? Well, who wants to torment us? Oh, I know. I know. So do you. So do you. 2 Timothy 1.7 this is the other very specific scripture about fear, and I know that you guys know this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And I could preach a whole sermon about just this one passage, but as I look at this passage, I look at this and I think that there's really something to the fact that it's power and love and a sound mind. To me, that really speaks to me of the Godhead, the great three-in-one. So when I look at power, I think about the Holy Spirit and, and the way that I defeat fear, because God hasn't given it to me, is power, the Holy Spirit. And I want to pray just real quick into that. So just bow your heads with me. Father, I just thank you for the Holy Spirit that invades each and every one of us, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that through the Holy Spirit and through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and I, I thank you, Lord, that, that you never run out. It's just continuous. You have more than we could ever need. Your Spirit is that big and that you're infinite. And I thank you that through your Holy Spirit that we receive comfort and we receive courage and we receive the ability, the energy to face the next day. Fill us, Lord. Fill your people with the Holy Spirit and convict them today in the areas where maybe they've let fear creep in. In Jesus' name. Love. Well, that's an easy one. Um, God is love. 1 John 4 says, God is love. And then sound mind, well, that one's a little bit 
a little bit different, but to me, the sound mind is truly Jesus. Jesus. And why I say that is because Jesus is the truth. As a matter of fact, a lot of times people don't catch this, but do you know why Jesus came? Well, you know, he came to reconcile us to God, yeah, for sure. But he himself, when he was actually standing before Pilate, what Jesus said, the reason that I came is to testify of the truth. Whoa. To testify of the truth. Brothers and sisters, we need some truth in our lives. And the truth not only will set you free, but it will produce in you a sound mind. So receive the truth of Jesus today. Amen? Amen. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. That's Jesus speaking. And I just thank God that Jesus was here to speak the truth to us. His truth creates our sound mind. When we listen to him. Now those are the two passages that we typically think about when we're thinking about fear. Um, but there's one more. In, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus has died on the cross. He has been placed into the tomb. And the two Marys are on their way to check, to check on Jesus at the tomb. Well, the stone's been rolled away. And they encounter Jesus in Matthew 28. Check this out. Check this out. And guess what are the first words that Jesus speaks following the resurrection? Rejoice, do not be afraid. Now, a lot of times we read that and we say, hey, that was just intended for the Marys. But no, I've got to tell you, brothers and sisters, what happened is that Jesus is telling, actually, literally the world, he says, I have stepped out of the tomb. I have overcome death. I want you to rejoice, and I want you not to be afraid. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, he's speaking to the two Marys, but he's speaking to you and I about fear as well. Aren't you glad about that? That's awesome to me. Hallelujah. That's right. That's right. Amen. So I'm going to back up a little bit um, and talk about the, the whole thing with the eagle. I, I, I look at that and I say, well, I, I opened up with the fact that I was so scared when I was up there the first, the first time. The first time. And I sit there and I go, well, why did I even have to do that? You know? I mean, that's, that's scary. But everybody else had to do it as well, just like that. Everybody else had to do it as well. So, you know, sometimes we think about it and we think, well, this was just a team-building exercise. No, 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 no. Nope, nope, nope. What they were doing is they were saying, okay, you go up there because what you're going to do is you're going to overcome the fear that you have. And guess what? Everybody else that's going up 
they're going to overcome their fear as well. So I can work beside the person that is with me, and I can know that they have faced the same fear that I faced and that they've overcome it. Therefore, I can count on them if I need to. For me, there was individual transformation in the fact that I overcame. And as a matter of fact, um, you know, I got to the point where it was okay for me to go aloft. I never, personally, I never really enjoyed it, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, good for your prayer life, I'll tell you that. So everybody that was there on the vessel with me, I knew had faced that fear and overcome that fear. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to bring a word. We have time, so I'm going to go ahead and cover this real quick. Um, you can show that Roman testudo. This is called a Roman testudo. This is the... In the days of the Roman army, when Jesus and Paul were alive, they would go into this formation right here called a testudo. It's Latin for tortoise. And you can see how they lock their shields, and the shields are all the way around that square, and then their shields above here as well. And through this, they could advance into any enemy situation. Literally, this was... The, this was the Roman equivalent of a tank. But the thing is, is that what they wanted in every one of these, now if I'm going in and I'm in the, in the middle of the, that testudo, I want everybody that's beside me to be not only trained, but I want them to be fearless. Together, we're going to overcome. So I need them to be fearless beside me, right? And sometimes people drop, but there's people in the middle, literally, that can actually come back out and form up the testudo again. So they were advancing together. They're working together. They're working without fear to achieve the victory. And so it is with us, brothers and sisters, just like that. Um, we all are in a battle and we know we're in a battle now, for sure. And it's going to get um, more and more and more intense, for sure. I know that this is the case. It's going to get more and more intense. <clears throat> and as I think that about the fact that the battle is getting more and more intense, the more I think about, well, I want each and every one of you to be beside me and I want you to be fearless. Amen. Matter of fact, it, when I think about this, the Lord brought this to my memory the other day. I was thinking about, okay, I'm, we are going to advance into the end times. Here we go. We're going to advance into the end times. And I think the second to the last message that, Debbie, that I heard Debbie Tran deliver was this word, and I think that this is appropriate here, the end times are not happening to us. We are happening to the end times. 
So turn that on its head and say, okay, we're not going to just be spectators. We're not going to just be victims of the end times. We are actually going to engage the end times. Hallelujah. We're going to engage the end times without fear, and we're going to engage the end times because God has placed us here at this time for a reason. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Okay? So what Debbie was doing, and I think that what I'm trying to do today is I'm trying to encourage each and every one of you to be prepared to step into the calling and the role that you have as we approach these times that are coming. All right? No more victim. No more sitting around saying, gosh, I wish this was over. Now we are going to say, Lord, thank you. You have given me a job to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to step into that. And I'm going to step in without fear. Now, we can't operate effectively if we are paralyzed with fear. This is one of the things that fear does to us is it paralyzes us. Fear will paralyze us. Fear will separate us from God. Fear will keep us from seeing God's direction. Fear will keep us from hearing the, Lord, the voice of the Lord. But, and this gets back to my story one of the things that's really amazing about being up there in that rigging when you're 15 stories high and you've made it you got there you overcame the fear the view from being aloft is amazing the wind is blowing you can see forever and you know for sure that you're alive. Every sense, <laughs> every sense is just there. It's just there. So today I want to minister to each and every one of you about fear. And there's a lot of different types of fear that I could address. And I'm, and I'm sorry, you know, the Lord hasn't given me a breakdown of, of every type of fear that you might be facing, but he's given me several things that I think that you need to hear. Fear of death. Some of us deal with fear of death. brothers and sisters, <clears throat> Jesus has already conquered the grave. He's already done it. So you can get that behind you. Ecclesiastes says that the Most High God has already done something that you probably just read it and pass right by it. The Most High God has put eternity in your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So therefore, you can kind of begin to get over this thing that we call this body and get over the fear of death because you know you've already been made aware by God himself that there is eternity and it exists and you are part of it and you're going somewhere. 
Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he, talking about Jesus, himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. If you have been bonded in bondage because of fear of death, today is the day that you get to get free of that. Hallelujah. Amen. Yep. Some people here in this room deal with fear of failure. Fear of failure, that's a big one. You don't really want to step out because I might not do it. I might not get there. I might not be good enough. Isaiah 41.10, the Lord has prescribed this for you. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So the Lord is not going to allow you to fail as you take up the cause that he deems righteous. Hallelujah. Some of you fear the future, and this has been a biggie lately. We don't know what's going on, but we do. And related to the fear of, of the future is, is, I think these are very closely related to that, is the fear of loss and the fear of suffering because we think to ourselves, you know, we've accumulated this stuff or we have loved ones that are around us and we don't want to see anybody suffer. And praise God, you know, this is, God has placed that type of a heart in us But the devil has skewed that, and he has used it against us. So if you fear the future, Jeremiah 29, 11, you know this, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. John 16, 13 says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. The Lord is giving you revelation through his Holy Spirit about the things that are to come. You know it. You've already known. You know it. You hear it. And you read it in this book. He's already given you understanding of what the future holds. Some of it is really tough to read. Some of it's really tough to read. And I wish we didn't even have to read it, but you know, this is a loving God that delivered it to us because he didn't want us to be fearful about the future. He wanted to give us revelation. He says, I love you. I love you. So therefore, I'm going to tell you what's going on. Here's a big one for some of you here in this room. It's as a matter of fact, i got to tell you that I, I don't know that I know anybody that doesn't deal with this, but at, at some point, but we got it. We have, 
We have to get over it. Fear of man. Fear of man. What are people going to think? That person has authority over me and they can hurt me. What are they saying about me today? We got to get over that, church. We got to get beyond that for sure. Fear of man will get you nothing but in trouble. Today, we cast down the fear of man in each and every one of you. In the name of Jesus. The word is very clear about this. And I'm going to just read some passages to remind you that if you're dealing with the fear of man, that this is not of God and that God wants it out of you. Deuteronomy 11.25 says, No man shall be able to stand against you. The Lord of God will put the dread of you and the fear of you upon all the land where you tread, just as he has said to you. Now, we read that, we know, well, this is talking to the children of Israel before they enter into the promised land. No, I have to tell you that I think that this is a promise for each and every one of us. Once you begin to stand up for God, people are going to say, whoa. And it's going to become more and more and more defined as we go into these times. They are going to recognize you as the chosen of the Lord. And they are going to see the power that you walk in because there's no fear on you. Hallelujah. Psalm 118.6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Ha! What can man do to me? Because... What? Because we, have, we are eternity dwellers. This is just something that passes away. Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. That's his promise. Appropriate that promise today. And the definitive message on fear of man comes from Jesus himself. <clears throat> Luke 12. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, they have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you shall fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has the power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Let's fear God and fear God only. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of times we try to cast God in our own image and we say, well, why would I even, you know, why, why would I fear God? I mean, you know, fear, fear is torment. Well, you are relating to God in the wrong fashion if you're thinking of that. God is worthy to be feared. He really is. And I mean in a fear that is in, in, in such a righteous manner that we can't even really comprehend it right now because our fear mechanisms here on the earth have been skewed up. We're screwed up in regards to fear. 
But God is love and God is perfection. And God relates to us in a way that is totally holy and totally righteous. And if Jesus tells me to fear God, then I'm going to fear God. Amen? It's a good fear. It's knowing that, that he is who he says he is. He is the one. As a matter of fact, God, and I've talked about this in the past, God is the one that, that defines himself literally as the one that exists across time. If he is that, then we have nothing to fear because he sees everything. He knows your future. And he holds it in his head. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Ooh. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. So here's what I want to do. We're not going to make a big deal out of this. We've got plenty of time. Earlier in this word that God gave me for you, I stopped and I prayed that the Holy Spirit would literally fill you up. So what I want to do right now is, as Caitlin plays, I just want us to bow our head. Stick with me for a minute before you do that. God reveals anything to you. The Holy Spirit convicts you of any area of unhealthy fear that you are still holding on to, what I want you to do is I want you to do like this in your hands. And what we're going to do is we're going to deposit that fear. Now, we're going to deposit it right there. After we get that thing deposited, whatever, and it may be multiple fears, then I'm going to ask you to overcome fear of man, and I want you to come up here and just line up here. We're going to pray over that mess. We're going to pray over that mess. And then we're going to release it together. So what we're going to do is we're going to take that fear and we're going to present it to the Lord, and we're going to stand in awe of him. And I'm going to pray into this. And then we'll come up, and I'd like to close out with, we can sing that song, Breathe, because it's such a powerful thing. I mean, this is the Lord. So, um, so we'll close out with that, but let's just take a minute here. I want to pray with you so you can bow your heads. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, brothers and sisters, that some of this stuff I'm guilty of. But I'm not afraid of you. So I'm going to release it today. And I expect that you will as well. If you never responded in a manner like this, I'm going to tell you that I believe that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, is going to set you free today. And all of us are going to walk out of here without something that is not of God that we came in with. Oh, hallelujah. So let's do it. Well, Lord, I just thank you for the word that you've literally breathed today. I thank you, Father, for each person that is here, hearing the word. I thank you, Lord, that you are 
our overcomer, that you help us to deal with every fear except one. And that's the good one, the healthy fear that we have for you and you alone. Father, bring to our remembrance those times where we have had fear that has caused us to operate outside of your desire and even all that you have for us. Bring to our remembrance the things, whether it's the fear of man, the fear of the future, Lord, fear of loss, fear of seeing people suffer. Bring it to our remembrance, Father. We just thank you, Lord, that you're going to help us deal with that today. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise for being our fearless God. We give you praise for being with us always. We give you praise for the words that you spoke when you said, Rejoice. Do not be afraid. Why? Because you can't overcame all of that. You overcame sin. You overcame death. You overcame shame. You overcame deceit. And you overcame fear. We rejoice with you today, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to just ask you to come on down with your fear. I got mine. Come on down. Put it away now. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Gonna leave here free today. Gonna leave here free today. Free from this mess. thank you that you are greater than all fear. I thank you for these people that are here that have acknowledged that they desire to live a, a fearless life. That they desire to declare over their lives, fear not! That they desire to be free from the bondage and the separation that is caused by ungodly fear. I thank you, Lord God, that as we release these fears to you, that you are good and that you are more than capable of removing them as far as from the east is from the west, just like you do our, our sins and our transgressions, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you take these fears away. We give them to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Throw those things away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fearless. Fearless.